It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Great Mondays Radio. I am thrilled to have Jocelyn Mangan on the program with us today. She is the founder and CEO of Him For Her, as well as Illumin, both organizations that are working hard to increase diversity on corporate boards uh, around the world, maybe. (laughs) We'll get there. Jocelyn, amazing to see you. Thank you for coming on. It's great to see you too. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you have been for a number of years now really deeply into, and you've basically decided to put all of your incredible talents and experience into, lean into this idea of, of increasing diversity on boards. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you've decided that that's where you need to put your, uh, yourself and all of your efforts? Sure. So you know, not everybody here that's listening maybe has been to a board meeting or understands boards or maybe seen it in the movies, but uh, essentially I believe that the boardroom is the most influential room in business. And it's because it really sits at an altitude above the CEO. What many people don't realize is that boards, you know, can hire and fire CEOs. They sit between the shareholders and they sit between um, that CEO and the rest of the employees and the the products that they're building and the consumers and the communities that those products go into. And so they they hold a lot of influence in terms of what they can do. And, you know, when I set out to work on this, I really wanted to do something around women at work because I've been a woman at work uh, my, my entire career. And I also wanted to do something that I thought would would have an impact. And so when I when I thought about it, and there's a lot of areas to focus on, the boardroom became that area of focus because of its influence. Great. And um, we've uh, I have heard from you, we've talked about previously the benefits of increasing diversity on boards. So you've made your case. Um, boards are really important. The you know high leverage, really key part of the entire business ecosystem. Um, why, if we're talking about you know how to help a business succeed, why is it important to increase diversity on boards? Yes, I mean of course it is. It is good, right? I'm, I'm, I'm. We're saying you know obviously there's sort of a benefit to and making sure that more women and diverse people are on in leadership roles. Let's assume that that's, we know that, but from a business perspective, what, how do you go in and and make your case? Because it's not easy to change the way things have always been. (laughs) That's right. So, so the reason the boards look the way they do today is that people tend to pick people they already know. And women and underrepresented groups are missing from those personal networks. And so you're right. It, some some of it is just human behavior, but the reason you want it is really about cognitive diversity. Like if you think about, 
one of the jobs, one of many jobs of the board is to help the company see around corners. Well, look at what we've been through over the last couple of years. And if we think the next couple of years will be smooth sailing, I don't think so. I think there's going to be a lot more challenges ahead and there's challenges behind. And so if you think about, you know, a table of people who's supposed to be your guide, do you really want a table full of groupthink? I think the answer is no, right? Because as a company, you want to continue to grow and innovate. And so when you have people around the table focused on strategy and finances and future, people who come to that table with a set of different lived experiences bring a broader set of discussions. Maybe ask a set of different questions that take the conversation in a direction that opens up new doors, new thinking, uh, catalyzes new solutions. And so that's really the why behind it is, is cognitive diversity. Great. Yes, that uh, that is definitely important. If you have the more eyes, the more perspectives, the more ability that you have to um, see the risks and the opportunities. I, I think cognitive diversity is a great turn of phrase and idea to kind of get out there in the world. So if the board is so influential, as you're arguing, um, do you believe it has an impact on the culture of an organization? Can it, or is it too far removed? It's the board and then it's the CEO and then, then it's the company. Is there, is it too many steps removed or is there an opportunity there to change that? I've never been on a board. So I don't, I don't know what that, you know, experience is like. I've only interacted with the, you know, executive team. Yeah, well, it's a great question. You know, companies are uh, very different depending on the stage. You know, is it an early stage company that's just getting formed? Or is it a Fortune 50 company that's, you know, giant and has a, a bigger board? And so the spheres of influence probably vary based on the, the stage and the size that said, and the other thing to remember is boards themselves can have a culture. And if you think about a board, I like to talk about as an ecosystem. Uh, it's really made up of the CEO, or sometimes there might be a co-founder, uh, both sit on the board, mm. as well as ex existing board members. And at earlier stage companies, those existing board members might just be the investors. And so when you're stepping onto a board for the first time, sometimes you'll be what's called the first independent director, meaning you're not an executive at the company and you're not an investor in the company, but you're truly there as an independent board member. And in those cases, many times the board culture is just getting formed. And the board culture is interesting to talk about, and I will get to your question about the company culture, but the board culture, you know, they're there as guides, they're not there to operate the company. And so while it's important to have a board culture that has access to the company, that has a line of communication to the company, you know, you're, you're kind of weighing this fine line of being an overseer versus an operator. And so you don't want a wall between the board and the company. You want some line of communication. So establishing that communication and culture is really important. I think the culture of the company is usually born from the company itself, right? And I do think the board can influence the culture of the company, particularly, you know, you think about companies, companies are made of what? They're made of people. <laughs> and well, you know this. And, and what makes people happy at work or not happy at work? Well, the culture has a lot to do with that. And if, if the people aren't happy at work, do you think the company is going to do better or worse? Um, it's probably going to do worse. And the board is there 
to to watch out for that, right? I mean, they're they're there to really guide a company through to survival, to success, and to growth. And so it would be, um, I think it'd be silly to think boards don't pay attention to the culture, or, or if they're not, that they should be, because people are the people building the products of the company, not the other way around. And so it's it's hard to to say that they that they do that they don't because of that reality. Right, 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 right. I, you know, the observation that I have, you know, I have made time and time again is that <clears throat> early on, it's a founder's culture, and that if if you're able to interact with and have access to the founder, that's what success looks like for a, for a, you know, organization or an employee, right? It's like, oh, that's what I want to do. That's what success looks like. And if that person's going around and saying, you know, work harder, you know, yelling or whatever it might be, that's what the culture is going to be. And so to me, it's like, is that the cause or the effect? Is that an experience? Do they, you know, does that CEO, not that you have this answer, but these are the questions I'm thinking about, like that CEO bring that attitude up to the board and, and it's different. And how do they have explicit conversations with them if the board has insight and can say, look, this is what needs to, you know, we're not going to, we're not operators, but we are guiding, guiding you, right? How much how much sway or influence can we, you know, like, Hey, let's have a sit down. It's like, things are going a little wonky over there. Um, and again, right. This is from a place of ignorance. I don't, you know, I don't have that insight into these, into these boards. Can't, you know, can they have these conversations? I guess it depends on the board probably is what your answer is, but. Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely want a board that has a open line of communication with the CEO. Right. And then I think the next question is, is how does the board, monitor the culture what are the metrics that are being brought to the board and i okay. think that is yeah. going to vary across companies right what are they measuring are they measuring you know um, employee emps are they measuring attrition are they measuring rate of promotion and so it's really about what information the board's getting access to which has a lot to do also with what questions are the boards asking around mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. What what questions should the board be asking around culture and what in turn should CEOs and executive teams be bringing to the boards so that they feel like they are informed about the state of the employees um, and the culture of the company. And so I, I would argue that that isn't a set of defined things yeah. and it probably varies company to company, but it is something that yeah. should be on the radar. Of the boards that you've seen and been a part of and adjacent to how many are talking at least somewhat about culture like i'd say all of them are talking about people um okay. it's really hard uh to find you know if you were to scan across all the boards of last year and you were to dip into all the board meetings i'd be surprised if there was not many where you're talking about people and you know that shows up in different ways obviously we've emerged from an all work at home culture into a hybrid, yeah. which then introduces a new culture. By the way, there's been a lot of conversations that I witnessed around how do we take the culture we had when we were all walking into the building with the posters on the wall and the fun meeting rooms or whatever traditions were held in those office spaces and now some companies are fully remote or they're only in the office for three days or, you know, they're just trying to figure it out. And I think a key through line to that has been the culture conversation. 
of what is the culture now? How do we um, introduce this culture to a new employee that maybe was never with us before when we were all in that building? So it doesn't even have that memory. So it's a really dynamic time for that conversation. And I do think that that is hitting the boardrooms. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled to hear that. That that is absolutely what I'm seeing as well. Which is all of a sudden everybody goes, "Oh my gosh!" Without this office, what's our what's missing here? It's culture. It's we we need to think about this now because the the office did a lot of that heavy lifting, and so we need to do it in a whole new way. Um, that's heartening to hear. I'm really glad that that's happening, and I think those companies that are not having those conversations, either at the leadership or the board level. Are going to suffer pretty pretty quickly. Let's let's switch gears and go into kind of your own experience. You've been a leader and executive as well um, as you know this this uh, person who's changing the way boards operate, um, and you have your own experiences amongst leadership teams. Um, when it comes to uh, your your experiences with culture, have you? seen something that you feel like, oh, that is, that was an experience I had that I'm, you know, I still carry with me. It's something that's really important. And I learned a ton from in your, you know, in your, in your kind of stat, you know, your experience. Yeah. I think one of the most informative for me, so I spent a decade at open table and what I learned about culture at open table was really related to some of our M&A activity. And I'll never forget, we, um, we were at an era in the company where we, we wanted to be more innovative than we had been. Tech, you know, it is essentially a tech company at this time. Yeah. And, and we wanted to be more innovative. And we ended up buying a company called Food Spotting and um, still friends with the founders today. They're amazing if you're listening. Alexa and Ted. Um, but what it taught me was, you know, when you think about MA at a company, a lot of people just think about spreadsheets, right? They think about, okay, well, if we buy this company and you put one and one together, we get 10. Yeah. And it, there's all the columns and all the rows and all the numbers say, yeah, yeah. this is going to be amazing. Yeah. What I learned at Open Table, so food spotting was a tremendous success culturally for us. Because by bringing in the people associated with that company and they wanted Open Table to be innovative, they brought their culture into our culture mm. and it really worked and up leveled a lot of things for us. What I learned subsequently is we continued to buy companies, and that wasn't always the case. And the spreadsheets always said something good, right? So let's just or be else you like every M and A deal that goes through yeah. the, the spreadsheet. You get comfortable with the spreadsheets. What I learned and what I still kind of hold true today is the success of M and A through those experiences is so much down to the people and will the cultures work. And if you really think about it, those spreadsheets and those numbers imply that people are taking actions or building products to generate those numbers. And so if the people themselves don't communicate, fit in, blah, 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 then those rows and and columns won't say what you want them to. And so that was my big aha through culture and business. And I still kind of hold that truth and, and bring that perspective a lot when I'm in these conversations as a board member. 
Holy moly. I, I absolutely that it is astounding to me how big of a miss it is when the spreadsheet does not account for, or the thinking does not account for the people, right? They're like, oh, well, this is going to be great for us, this technology, but right. It's the people who are doing it folks. So absolutely. I've had, I've had that experience. Um, what, tell me a little bit more. You said food spotting was a great acquisition because they were able to bring their culture in. Were you of similar size businesses? Did that matter? How did, and, and, and how did you not get, if you were the acquiring company, I think the big um, pushback, the tendency, the inherent tendency is uh, we, this is how we are here and we're acquiring you, right? So it's like, we're, we got this thing going on here, right? Even if you don't say that out loud or it's not an agreement, it's like people are like, whoa, 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 you're coming into my house. Yeah, so I think that what happened, so food spotting was small, we were bigger. I think what happened was we were open to their change and they were vocal about what they wanted to do. And so it was really a symbiotic um, exchange of ideas and, and resulting progress. And that has to be true, right? Mm. If you're in the mentality that you just said, it's our house, you're coming in, that doesn't just doesn't always work out. Yep. No, of course. Of course. Yeah. So uh, the takeaway from that, I would say that story is really being clear about intention, what the value is, and not just getting it done to get it done. There's a lot of opportunities there. And it sounds like you guys were oh, ripe. It was, it was the right moment. You acquired them because you wanted to become more innovative. And that fit part of that, the calculations, whether they were numbers or not. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, that's yeah, I think that's that's amazing. Um, so what then let's let's then go back to your current your current work. Um, what is it that you are actually doing to do this good work to increase cognitive diversity on the boards? You we we introduced you have two organizations, him for her and Illumin. What are you doing? How are you? I, I think this is a a the culture change capital C, right? Like this is an, 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 the, the culture of boards, broadly speaking. So what is it that you're doing? How are you actually making this happen? Because you are being successful at making some big, big changes in, in an institution that has not changed broadly for a long, long time. Yeah. So I think going back to the people side, you know, we just studied behavior and people tend to find board members in their personal networks. And we talked about the limitations there. So we built him for her very intentionally. And what we do is um, really four things. Uh, him for her, we host executive roundtables where we bring, you know, gender equal tables together, whether they're virtual or in person. Uh, equally split between people who can sit on boards, women who are qualified to sit on boards and people who can put them on boards, which are CEOs, investors, and board members. And we do off the record conversations about boards and leadership. And through those um, connections get made, um, introductions get made, and it grows the network. It just grows the sphere of who you know is the simplest way to put it. We've done that almost 150 times around the globe. The second piece of what we do is we make um, we partner with the investment community. So, you know, who holds the board seats? Uh, investors, CEOs, and board members. And if you're not connected into them, 
how would you ever know who's looking for a board, right? It's not published on LinkedIn. You can't just go to the Nike website and apply to be a board member because you like their shoes. Um, otherwise, my son would have already done it. Right, exactly. uh, so, so, you know, those partnerships are really um, critical to our work. We're partnered now with over 100 uh, private equity and venture firms. And through those partnerships, we get access to board openings. And then we can make introductions to the qualified women in our network to those board opportunities. And, and by the way, we can also just extend their overall network. Sometimes we're suggesting panelists for their CEO summits, as an example. We do a lot of demystification. You know, it's a room many people don't go to. Uh, so maybe they don't think they're qualified or maybe they think the qualified people aren't there. So we're really on both sides of that marketplace. We're doing a lot of demystification. We also do an annual study of private high growth private boards because what we read about a lot are the public companies, right? The Disney's yep. of the world, because we all know them. They're all publicly traded, but the real kind of um, future lies in those high growth private companies, we don't know. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time um, understanding their board diversity through our study and, and looking at the benchmark of progress there. So that's him for her. It's a nonprofit. We don't charge women. We don't charge for those introductions. Um, Illumin was born really out of two realizations, which is one, we were learning from all these roundtable discussions about what a great board members look like. And no surprise, a lot of that is what I would call maybe EQ over IQ. Like these aren't qualities like, wow, they're really good at audit. Uh, it was, they asked thoughtful questions. And so we built um, from our learnings, a program for new board members where we teach those qualities. We also realized on the Illumin side that the big corporations, right? Those big, big companies are filled with executives who should be on these high growth private boards and no one can find them. And they also may not even think that they're board qualified because they're not going to their big company board meeting. And so we now have a corporate program where those corporations are sending their um, executives who are board qualified uh, through a year long fellowship with us where we're not only helping to demystify the boardroom for them, but we're also leveraging the him for her network to uh, give them more visibility to those opportunities and those introductions. So. That's it in a nutshell. That's amazing. Yeah. So one is just expanding that network, creating an entirely new network. And I, that's a really powerful um, tool. And you've been tremendously successful. It's amazing to see. I'm so thrilled for you every time I see another success pop up. And then for Illumin, it sounds like, how do we get these people? How do we find these people inside of these big organizations and, and get right. them and ready to be? they have titles. That, that don't make any sense to the outside world. They make a lot of sense inside the company. Nothing yeah. wrong with those titles. But, you know, a director at one company doesn't equal a director at another company. Yeah. A VP at one doesn't equal a VP at other. So it's just, it's it's a really, it's a win, win, win. And we also know that, you know, being a board member makes you a better operator. So it's a great thing to, if you want to do it and you're qualified to do it while you're operating yeah. as well. Well, we have a lot of amazing folks that listen to this um, podcast and we're growing all the time. Um what do they need to do to uh, help their teams or find the right people inside of their organization that might want to be part of a board um, or learn about that process? Well, I'd say, you know, if, if you're in the learning mode, um, 
we do a newsletter called the Boardroom View on LinkedIn that has taken a lot of the knowledge we've learned from executives and kind of put it out there in terms of what is a board and what does the board qualified mean and how do you find board opportunities? So I would recommend that um, as a learning tool, knowing that it's come from live conversations of executives mm -hmm. that we're having every day. Um, if you're someone who's in a corporation and might be interested in a corporate program, the best place is illumin.co which is our website that talks a little bit more about those programs. So hopefully right. that helps. All right. So illumin.co, I'll spell it for you. I-L-L-U-M-Y-N.C-O. Um, that's great. Um, Jocelyn Mangan, Mangan, thank you so much for coming on Great Mondays Radio. It's so always amazing to talk to you. I learned so much every time. Founder and CEO of Him For Her and Illumin and a million other things. Follow her on LinkedIn and your feed will get will get filled. Um, it is so good to see you. And uh, thank you for sharing a lot of that, that wisdom to us, with us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to radio.greatmondays.com. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays, and you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.